Welcome to Fueled to Thrive. This is a podcast all about running, nutrition, and motherhood. Today, we have a wonderful guest on the show. Her name is Rebecca Mera. Rebecca is a Wazelle athlete. She specializes in the 800 and 1500 meter middle distance sprints. It's so fun talking to Rebecca today and hearing her story as an athlete, but also a working woman. And Rebecca has so much wisdom to share with all of you out there through the ups and the downs and everything in between and how she keeps moving forward even when she has a rough season. So I hope you enjoy this episode and remember her wonderful words of wisdom to have fun. Enjoy and tune in. Awesome friends. Well, welcome to Fuel to Thrive. I am here today with a wonderful woman named Rebecca Mira, and she's so sweet. She's a Wazelle athlete, and she actually just competed in USATF championships. She's a phenomenal athlete, and I'm so excited for her to be here to talk with all of you today. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you specialize in and also like some of your life outside of the track and field world. Yeah. So I am, um, a professional, uh, track athlete. I specialize in middle distances, which means the 800 and 1500 on the track love. Whenever I tell someone I'm a runner, they assume <laughs> that I run marathons. To which <laughs> yes. The answer is absolutely not. Um, but yeah, I run for Wazelle, as you mentioned, and little wing athletics is my club. Um, I am based, uh, now in Seattle, Washington. Um, I also consider myself, I guess, a public policy professional. Um, I have done a bunch of different jobs in kind of the political and policy world. Um, I was, I worked for the city of Bend for a few yeah. years, uh, working for the mayor of Bend. I ran a couple of different um, political uh, local campaigns for office, um, yeah. which was an adventure, especially in 2020. Yes. Um, and oh now, <laughs> yeah, and now I'm a law clerk for um, an indigenous rights firm here in Seattle. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And how long have you been in Seattle now? I can't remember. Um, I moved here last fall. So okay. it's still almost here. everything's everything's still new. This yeah. is our first Seattle summer. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is it, is it, I mean, it's gotta feel way different than Bend. I mean, climate is so yeah. different. It's, it's very different. I mean, yeah. it's, it's gray and rainy here. <laughs> yes. <whole> yes. <laughs> um, actually supposedly this was the like grayest, um, yeah. spring of all time. Yeah. I'm like, great. The, the year we move here it is the, the grayest year for two, um, folks from Los Angeles, <laughs> me and my God. fiance Jordan. Great. Um, but yeah, so also, you know, less snow. I don't like yeah. snow. Um, like I said, I'm an LA kid. So the first day when I was living with roommates that it snowed, I came downstairs and didn't know where they went. Um, and then realized <laughs> after about an hour of sitting and drinking my coffee and having breakfast that they were shuffling the driveway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so happy. I don't have to deal with that, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been great. I mean, it's so like a little rainy and gray yeah. day to day, but it's, I mean, it's very mild. It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. light all the time here. I know. I know. It's so long. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's so great. Um, so tell us a little bit how you got into running. Cause I mean, yeah, you're work, you're working at the professional le level now. So like, how did you even get started with it? 
I have a long history in the sport, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I became a runner because I was a soccer player and like, okay. you know, I, I did lots of other sports when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of swimming, a lot of ocean swimming. Nice. Um, soccer was of course big, um, but I was only ever any good at soccer because I was fast and yep. left-footed. <laughs> um, and so I ran a pretty quick mile in like middle school PE and I was nice. asked to do a middle school um, PE race and, or sorry, middle school track meet from the PE yes. race. It was different. Yes. I got to wear a uniform and everything. Yes. Um, and I ran, I remember at the time, 602 in sixth yeah. grade for a mile. <laughs> That's impressive. Someone told me that was very good. <laughs> I had no idea what they meant. Um, uh, but I ended up joining, um, and doing, um, like club track through, okay. uh, seventh and eighth grade, and then kind of funneled my way, um, into, into high school. And I guess the rest is history. I ran in high school. Um, I was very lucky to get recruited and, and run in college. I ran at Stanford for five years, eked out that fifth year, yep. <laughs> couldn't get me to leave school. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, the funny thing is I never imagined that I would have been a professional athlete. Mm. Um, I viewed it as like this awesome thing I got to do in college yeah. and, you know, I, I really didn't understand or know what was out there for post-college, but uh, yeah. except for, you know, the people who are making Olympic and world teams that I saw yeah. on TV. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been quite the journey, but yeah. I'm very lucky to be on it. That's awesome. And when did you officially like turn pro? Was it like right out of college or did you have a couple of years off? How did that look yeah. like for you? Yeah, it was pretty much right out of college. Okay. So my first year out of college was a complete disaster yeah. <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> um, I just, I was waffling all over the place and made a few moves that yeah. um, were, were learning experiences. Of course. Um, but yeah, I, I hadn't really run fast enough to kind of get a professional contract or keep yeah. running out of school. I lined up a full-time job in the spring of my, my fifth year, I was getting okay. masters, um, and stayed okay. an extra year in school. And, um, I was going to work at a venture capital firm, which I ended, actually ended up doing for okay. like close to six months, um, yeah. after I graduated, yeah. but had that job all lined up. I went to regionals and actually found out at regionals, I got that job. So, Dang. um, that's like the qualifying meet for the national yep. championships. Mm -hmm. And then I had been injured in that winter and just was like, well, it's my last season, my last yeah. season of track ever <laughs> in 2017. I just have to do my best and see what yeah. happens. And I think that that like almost just lifted a weight off mm. my shoulders and yeah. I was just like free to kind of do my best. Yeah. And that was like the biggest blessing in disguise. Wow. Um, Cause I ended up placing six at NCAAs. I lowered my personal best in the 1500 from 417 to 411, um, which yeah. even though it's only six seconds in that event, that's pretty astronomical. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I ended up racing, um, at USA's for the first time. Okay. Um, I didn't make the final, but I ended up placing, I don't know, like 14th or 15th in the Amazing. country. Um, and then I went and raced internationally that summer and I thought okay. I'm, I'm not done. <laughs> yeah. Keep running. I love that. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't exactly go the traditional route where I yeah. signed an agent and talked yeah. to different companies. Um, I really thought I was kind of on the brink. wasn't sure it was good enough. Um, so I actually sent a cold email to Wazell and that's I was awesome. very lucky that they responded and that's kind of how, how it all started. That's amazing. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more. Cause I know, you know, being part of Wazell as well, like there's so much passion for so many women who are part mm -hmm. of Wazell. Kind of tell us yeah. how that like manifested for you and being a part of the Wazell team. Yeah. So I had reached out to Wazell in the first place um, because I had gone to Israel and raced over the summer with Sasha Golish, who okay. was also yeah. a Wazell athlete, um, who's lovely. And it's still so fun to see her from time to time. Yes. Track meets. She just broke all sorts of Canadian yes. masters records in the yes. last few months, which it. is, I know, so cool. 
but she was the one that encouraged me to, to reach out. And I'd known of Wazell, I'd known of, you know, uh, Lauren Fleshman and Kara Goucher. Um, I'd like followed them for a long time. And I just love that this like small company was kind of butting in there and not afraid to share their beliefs and say who they were. And as soon as I learned about the volet and this like huge community of women that are all kind of, um, involved with Ozell, but also just really, really cool people. I was like, I gotta be, I gotta be a part of this if they'll say yes. Um, and so, yeah, I was very excited when I sent that email, it was like, I I poured my heart out in this email about why I felt like I was like, Oh, here are my times, but here's why I feel like my values match that of Ozell's. Um, and like I I reread the email relatively recently and it's like super goofy. Um, I love it, but (laughs) happy I sent it. Um, yeah. And then I kind of, I, I wasn't part of little wing at that time. Um, yeah. I was just on the kind of Wazel Hopelay squad. Okay. And then I got introduced to Lauren, um, okay. and, um, and Sarah who had known Sarah dealing yeah. with Wazel, but she was like, Hey, we have this team and bend, um, if you're interested, then, yeah. you know, like come out and visit. And so I visited that next, um, like late spring summer, okay. um, after I'd had my, um, I don't know if you will believe this, but shit show of a, of a year was not good. I just was injured the whole time and moving around. Uh, um, and yeah, I felt lucky that they took me on and gosh, mm-hmm. the next like three, four years or how, how it all happened. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. like the last several years that I've seen you, I'm like, you've just blossomed and it's been so fun to just see your journey. And, um, I'm sure Wazel yeah. has been a big part of that and, it's, yeah. it's fun. It's fun when you have people on your side, mm-hmm. you know, like encouraging yeah. you along the way. Yeah. You know, it's really fun. Better. I mean, I I've traveled a lot on my own in the last several years yeah. to track meets little wings, a small squad and, um, you know, people will be injured and different yeah. things happen. And I oftentimes traveled with my teammate, um, Mel Lawrence, which yes. was lovely. But when I was on my own, it was so great to have the legs. I felt like yeah. I had a sense of team. Yes. I had always organized some sort of an event, like wherever yes. I was going, like, you know, Raleigh or Raleigh, North Carolina, or, yeah. you know, I even met a Volet member when I was in Brussels in Belgium, yes. <laughs> like That's people amazing. are everywhere, um, That's which awesome. is so great. And this like special thing I got to do as a pro athlete when I traveled yeah. to meets that, you know, other, other athletes with other brands, like weren't necessarily. Yeah. 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 It It makes it so much sweeter. You're like, you never feel alone, which is so nice. Totally. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I know, like, I always like talking on this show just about like the good parts of running and some of the challenges. Cause I think we all just human life is hard. (laughs) We all have them. So I know you have talked about this season, some about your asthma and I know you've struggled with COVID. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that journey. Cause I know I'm sure, I'm sure it's emotional, but also it's just part of your story. How, you know, like asthma growing up, which I can relate to, but also Mm -hmm. like how COVID, you know, kind of made that worse. How has that affected your season and your attitude towards running? Yeah. It's all been, it's very fresh. (laughs) So I'm still kind of processing my feelings about all of it. Um, but I don't know, I was in like the best shape of my life coming into 2022. Um, and I feel like I'm calling 2022 the year of like unfortunate events, (laughs) basically. I actually, I mean, going back a little further in January, I, my first indoor meet, um, I won my race. I came back to pace and I strained my hamstring. Um, and then I missed the rest of the indoor season. I thought that's okay. It's going to be fine. It's all about outdoor. That's a main event anyways like it's fine. I, you know, my body's never been great at running indoor. I get yeah. injured, unfortunately, very often. So like, this is, this is, this is, we'll turn it into a positive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I got a training camp and I just like was totally off the whole mm. time was not feeling well. I had allergies and fatigue, which yeah. I later learned later learned was most likely COVID yeah. um, at the time. And I kept running through it. I came back to LA to open up my outdoor season ran a couple of races and like my foot completely blew up. I mean, it looked 
it went from zero to a hundred yeah, like in a yeah. day. I don't know what even had happened. I thought I'd broken my navicular, oh, um, which would, would have been like a year out and, and mm. surgery. I'm really grateful. It wasn't that I just had some yeah. um, really bad inflamed tendonitis, okay. but okay. that was April. And then I had yeah. to spend a few weeks out and I was also just kind of recovering, um, from whatever like phantom yeah. <laughs> virus yeah. got me at the time. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Um, and then I was kind of on my comeback and I'm like, okay, like we're, we're going to get back in shape. Like I've yeah. been in this position before, like I have been injured so many times and come back and yeah. the season's been fabulous. So I'm like putting on my positivity cap. Yes. And then, um, I went to Nashville. I actually ran a season best in 1500. That was the beginning oh, yes. of June. And then I got sick <laughs> that week, which I thought was COVID. Um, yeah. I had like sore throat and, you know, like a cough and a fever for a day and a yeah. weird earache. I'm like, this is so odd. I never got, I never had a positive test. Yeah. Um, and totally bombed my next couple yeah. of races, like, yeah. like ran my slowest 1500 I'd run in like four or five years. Dang. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really wild and super frustrating. So just yeah. don't know what's wrong with your body. Like my lungs completely like blew up. Um, I'd taken the wrong inhaler at one track meet I okay. was at. And, um, I've, I've struggled with asthma for yeah. like since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, you know, usually pretty controlled and yeah. I, I have, several different inhalers that I take one that I take yep. every day and every night. And one that I take before like, um, hard workouts and, and races. Yeah. And so that one was off, but I thought, you know, that doesn't really make sense that that blew me up as much yeah. as it did. Yeah. Um, and fortunately I do get asthma flares like yeah. a couple of times a year, either from races or sickness, yeah. or if I sit next to a campfire for too long, yeah. I don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very frustrating. Even last night watching fireworks on July 4th, they got smoky and I had to like Ugh. go inside and put on yep. a mask because yep. it'll, it'll blow up my lungs. But, um, yeah, then I just wasn't able to get back and feel like myself. My heart rate was really mm. high. Um, eventually got a, got an antibody test and found out I had really yeah. high antibodies and had had COVID. Um, and just, you know, I'm, I, I did my best at US yeah, championships. Yeah. It was, you know, you never want to approach a championship and not be in, in your best possible yeah, for place. Sure. You know, you want to put your best foot forward and, you know, I just thought like, I just have to do my best. That's all I can do. Like give myself yep. a chance. And yep. I'm proud of myself for having, you know, yeah. given myself that chance. It wasn't, you know, everything I ever wanted. I didn't make the final and I haven't made a US champ or I haven't missed a US championships final mm. in quite a few years. So that was, yeah, uh, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, maybe, uh, I'm, I'm hoping there's a silver lining here Yeah, <laughs> because now yeah. I'm taking a couple of weeks to recover and I'm hoping to still actually race in August. Nice. Um, and I feel like recovery wise, like suddenly my heart rate is starting to return to normal. Good. Like Good. I'm feeling a little bit better. So I'm, I'm really yeah. um, optimistic. Yeah. That was my, my long-winded way to say yeah. it's been a hard spring. COVID yeah. sucks. Injuries suck. <laughs> but you know what? I know I'm not the only one. Um, yeah. There are a whole lot of other people yeah. on this boat. It's just, you know, not, not what I hoped for. for yeah, June. totally. Totally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, kind of going off that though, I feel like your tenacity is like a huge part that keeps you going. Like you've mentioned, I've had so many injuries Thanks. and I've bounced yeah. back and that's, you've had some sp spectacular races. So, you know, when you, you do have these rough seasons, like what is it that helps you get through? Yeah, that's a really good question because I have asked myself the same thing, like <laughs> as I've been having this, this hard season. And I think it's, you know, I, I love the sport. Um, mm -hmm. I'm here to see how fast I can get and see, see what I can do with my body. And yeah. I believe that sometimes, you know, you got to have the lows in order yeah. to have the really yeah. high highs. And you, like I said, you don't want the lows to be like during the U S championship time. Of course, like, of course. Kind of, 
par for the course. It's part of a career. And, um, I'm still hoping that I can end the season on a really good note. So I'm still excited about like training and racing and kind of getting back. And now I get to like run around in a sports bra and shorts in Seattle. So that's like, you know, brings me a lot of joy. Yes. Um, yeah. And I'm like, you know, trying to enjoy being here for the month and, and training and running with friends. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, something I've, I've also talked about a little bit is like, now that I'm more uh, of a quote veteran in yes. track and field, I don't know. I want to find ways to, to give back to the sport mm, some more and cool. especially work with, with kids and, and with girls, especially yeah. um, as much yeah. as I can. And that's been something that's been really rewarding. So that's I'm awesome. Hoping to keep that up too. Yeah. What have been ways you've connected with other younger athletes? Yeah. A few different ways. Gosh, I've had a lot of fun things that have happened this year. Um, one is, um, bras for girls. So bras for girls is a nonprofit that gets, um, sports bras and breast health education, um, girls in need, um, which is amazing. And they've given away like 20,000 sports bras or something like that for the small nonprofit that it is. And it's now partnering with a bunch of other brands, which I think is fabulous. Um, I'm speaking on a panel, um, in a few days to a group of, um, like middle school age girls, Mm -hmm. which should be fun about like body positivity and, um, you know, like, I just think it's, it's so great to get to see like role models in the yes, sport um, totally. and actually not just track, like I'm speaking with, there's a soccer player on there yes. um, and an athlete that is also retired from, from another pro pro sport, yeah. which is going to be great. Um, but I speak a lot to um, Wildwood PDX, which okay. is um, a girl's like cross country and track and field camp. I think I primarily for high school girls. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I did like a virtual talk last week, oh, that's um, awesome. which was really fun. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and I think I'm going to be most likely like assistant coaching on a cross country team. In Heck the fall. Yes. Um, yeah. So stuff like that, that yeah. really fills my cup. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Working with cross country and track teams are so fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, really excited. Um, oh, I know I have a lot to learn. So fun. I think it'll be really great. Yeah. Yeah. It's such like a, I remember cause I was coaching in Miami and I, it was just like such a different world. <laughs> I was like, I remember yeah. being this age, but it's changed so much now. And like, there's so much pressure on them. They feel yeah. so much pressure and yeah. it's, um, but it's so rewarding to see them and like work with them and like, oh, I'm yeah. so excited for you. That'll yeah. be so fun. I'm, I'm pumped too. I feel like there's so much I wish I knew when I was in high yeah. school that I hope yeah. that, that if I can do anything at all, it's like share those things yes. that I wish that I knew. Yes. Um, and I just didn't have enough fun. Yeah. And I feel like I see high school girls so often that are now like competing on the highest levels yeah. and running crazy fast times. And some of it, some of them certainly do it the right way. And yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, some of them, I feel like are training like professionals yeah. when they're 15 or 16 yes. years old. And I think that it's important to emphasize like yeah. the fun. And also yes. there's so many high level pro athletes who weren't like yeah. high level athletes when they were yeah. in school. And I think that's yeah. also important to emphasize. Yes. Too, so. Yes. It's like, you yeah. can still have a fun childhood and yep. still be a phenomenal athlete later on. Yeah. In some ways, I think it's better because I think you're preserving your body when it's actually yeah. stronger and it's yeah. not like a puberty totally. stage where it's changing and growing so much mm-hmm. and then putting so much extra stress. So yeah. Yeah. especially for girls, yeah. like, there's a lot more up and down for, yep. for girls kind of going through so puberty much. and, and growing so up than, than boys for boys and testosterone boost kind of yeah. makes it quite a bit more linear, <laughs> and not for everyone, yeah. but generally. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I think that's also important for, for totally. girls to understand and know and something I didn't and I yeah. wish I had been so hard on myself. Yeah. 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 And you'd always see all oh, my friends, they always, you know, bottom out their junior and senior year. And they always peak mm-hmm. when they're sophomore and freshman when yeah. that's just like, okay, well, their body's changing. Give them another 
couple of years and they're going to come right back, you know, yep, like exactly. But yeah, it, sometimes girls won't stay the course. Like, I know that's what's and, hard. And understand yeah. What's going on with their bodies. And I feel like yeah. normalizing that that is like something to, to celebrate, like your body yeah. is changing and it's going to yeah. be stronger and be able to do so much yeah. more. Totally. To totally. Yeah. yeah. I love, I will admit that's one of my favorite parts about the marathon world is seeing all mm-hmm. these older women, like just come out of the woodworks yeah, as like absolute beasts, <laughs> you yeah. know, and you're like, okay, this is not just a young, a young woman's sport. This is every yeah. age. Oh, absolutely. So like fun. Some of the, I mean, now the current American record holder, I know away from the sport for however long, like years and years yep. had two babies and yep. now she's the American record holder in America. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's amazing. I, mean, you know, I love never it. Know. <laughs> I love it. I think it's so encouraging. Um, so kind of tell us like a little bit about, um, you know, your career life. So outside of running, you know, mm-hmm. you are an advocate and very involved in like the government type stuff. What got you there? And like, why are you passionate about that stuff? I come from a family, um, that has worked in the, like, international policy world. Okay, cool. Um, I guess I should say, um, my grandmother was, um, worked, she was very high up in the world health organization. Okay. Actually, I love to brag about my grandmother because yes. she has, she got an MD and like a, a PhD, I think okay. like back in the fifties like when women were not doing that stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. And she was one of the heads, like the head of a maternal and, and child health, the WHO for, yeah. okay. for a number of years too. So yeah. amazing. Um, but my aunt worked for the UN and for the okay. international labor organization. Okay. My uncle worked for the UN. I mean, it's like Dang. come from a family that's all, they all live in Switzerland, by the way, okay. like in Geneva. Dang, I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, awesome. which is quite cool. Very fun place to visit. They're originally from India, but, but okay. moved in, um, yeah, 50 ish years ago, my dad awesome. mostly grew up there, but yeah. So I felt like there was always this sense of service that was, yeah. um, instilled in me and, that really kind of carried me through. Like I majored in international relations in college. I did different internships. Like I worked for the UN in Geneva one summer. I worked for the state department in Washington, DC. Um, like I was always very interested in, in that work and, um, yeah, being able to like give back to causes and and to people that matter to me. And so then when I was moving to Bend, Oregon, I was Mm -hmm. like, why on earth? Oh my gosh. I have an international relations degree. Like, what am I going to do in Bend? And I was quickly introduced to Sally Russell, who became the mayor then for the next, um, like, you know, three and a half years. And she, I I jumped on her political campaign. I became her director of communications. I ended up becoming her kind of jack of all trades, um, assistant of sorts. I love it. Kind of helping her to, to run the city, supporting her to do her job. And then, yeah, I ended up running another political campaign for another city councilor. And so now I feel like I know the entire city council, (laughs) but that was kind of my way to to become involved. And I realized, especially through the early stages of pandemic, like how impactful local government Mm. can be, like how much control it has over like even people's day-to-day lives in ways that you probably don't know. Like, and it's so much easier to connect with your local government officials. And in many cases, it's far less partisan and the issues are like far less partisan. And so it's maybe easier to connect with community members that way. Mm, Bend is a very purple town, although it's becoming more blue. And so you really do have to have collaborations on collaboration on both sides of the aisle, which is something I appreciate. And unfortunately (laughs) I have to imagine it's very, very tough um, to work. (laughs) Yeah. work on the federal yeah. government side or even state, um, depending yeah. on where you are. 
but so I was great. And when I moved to Seattle, um, I was very lucky to be connected to the law firm that I'm working with. Um, I've always been interested in going to law school. I I don't know if and when I'll do that for certain. Um, but I thought this is a good way to dip my toe in the water. And, uh, the firm, like I said, works in a lot of indigenous rights cases, works with a lot of local tribes, um, both in Oregon and Washington. And I think that is really interesting work and feels like providing service, I guess, to, to another underserved population. And, that's been, that's been great. I don't know where my career will take me yeah. going forward. I mean, it's hard. You kind of got to do your best finding jobs that yep. make sense with, with the running and totally. also kind of provide a good outlet and, and yes. also make you feel good. Yes. So, um, don't know where, where yeah. that will take me, but that's it's awesome, been, though. it's been fun. I've, I've gotten to do a lot of cool work. Yeah. How do you think that has like shaped your like perspective on the world and even like the world of track and field? Like, I feel like that would definitely open your eyes to a lot of need and a lot of like mm-hmm. issues. How do you yeah. think that's shaped, shaped you so much? I mean, in, in a few different ways, it's, it's shaped me. I think that I, I got hurt a lot when I was in college. Yeah. Like I spent a majority of the time mm, on the bench, so rough. but yeah. because of that, I had to like turn my running brain off and like focus on, on other things. And yeah. that's yeah. kind of how I became so passionate about public policy work. And cool. I got to take some amazing classes. Like if I had been in practice, you know, I think it was like every Tuesday for one winter quarter, I wouldn't have gotten yeah. to take a 10 person class with Condoleezza Rice. Dang. Oh, how cool is that's that? Amazing. Um, that's so yeah, amazing. like definite, I mean, yeah. I guess the theme of this podcast right now sounds like silver linings, but <laughs> definite silver lining. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I think that taught me that like, uh, you know, everyone's different. There's some yeah. athletes that need to like Netflix and chill. And there's some athletes yep. that need to feel like they're giving back and, and doing something yeah. else. And, and like I said, turning off their running yeah. brain or their athletic brain and, and working on something. Yeah. Um, and so I've realized that's really important to me. Um, yeah. service is really important to me. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm trying to find ways to connect like that service oriented nature yeah. and, yeah. and track and what it can do. And Bras for girls has been an amazing yeah. outlet for that. Um, I've also been working a lot with the USATF foundation, um, That's cool. and hopefully going to be doing some fun more, you know, like youth events and also yeah. kind of other events with elites to kind of connect elite athletes to you. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely been a positive for me because yeah. even when running is going really crappy, which, you yeah. know, it kind of has been <laughs> the last couple of months, it's not been ideal, but I still have these other things in my life yeah. that, that I enjoy and I get to do. And, um, I think that that's been a, a saving grace. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like that just provides some balance. And also, I don't know, you know, as a runner myself, like it's easy to just get caught up in running and like put all of your worth in that. So it's nice to have something outside of that, that you're like, okay. I'm not oh, just yeah. a runner. I am, oh, you totally. know, and can provide more to society than just this. So it's, it's so important. And I think that's yeah. why a lot of athletes struggle to transition out of sport is totally. they don't know who they are, like what their identity is outside of being an, an yeah. athlete. Yeah. And it's something I saw all the time at, at Stanford. It's something totally. I saw, like, even with my fiance, Jordan, he was a baseball player yeah. like him transitioning out of sports, yeah. several of my best friends, um, in other sports too. It's really hard. Yeah. And, um, that was actually something I worked on for a little while with yeah. Stanford yeah. athletics was, was piloting this course, um, with the design school at Stanford to kind mm-hmm. of help athletes think about their identity, who they are, what was mm-hmm. important to them, what else they were passionate yeah. about yeah. outside of like just performing in their yeah. athletic endeavors. And that was something I cared a lot about. It was great. That's Unfortunately cool. it did not survive oh. COVID budget cuts, but I really hope it's something yeah. that comes back. Um, because, you know, I think that sports can be amazing. They've shaped yeah. me in a million oh, different ways. Sure. 
but also it's, it's really nice to at least have an idea of who yeah. else I yes. am outside of yes. Rebecca the runner. Yes. Yeah, yeah. totally. And I, you do, you have rough seasons where it's like, I can't put as much into this as I want. So it's good to have something else to lean on. So I, man, I totally get that. I feel like that's been me the past <laughs> two years. I'm like, okay, oh, no. when's running coming back? <laughs> yeah. I um, Gosh, yeah. I relate. Uh, yeah. So tell us like, what would be some words of wisdom you'd give to some other runners out there who, whether they're just like wanting to enjoy the sport, or maybe they have big dreams of pursuing running at a, a very competitive level. What, what would be some wisdom you wish you would have had when you were younger? Yeah. A big one is have fun, <laughs> you yeah. know, like we don't have to be doing this. We don't have yeah. to be running tons of miles. Like no matter what level you are like professional yeah. or like someone just coming into the sport, yes. like find ways to enjoy it. And for some people that's, you know, like putting on a good podcast, um, or, uh, you know, really good music. Yes. And for some, it's like meeting, meeting people, like yeah. meeting running groups, like going to races. I mean, find, find your why and, and yep. what makes you happy. Cause that's yeah. ultimately what's going to keep you doing it. Um, another one is, you know, try to like create your own story and not mm. be comparing yourself to others. Yes. Um, um, it's so easy, you know, with social totally. media and everything these days, especially talking to younger athletes, like yeah. so easy to compare and see like, Oh, well, this person's running this many miles yeah. and this yeah. person is eating this. And this person is doing this strength workout. Yeah. I mean, like there are so many ways to skin a cat. Like I yep. know even on the professional level, like yeah. I run rarely more than 50 miles a week. Yeah. I mean, in the fall, like maybe I'll run 55. Yeah. Um, but like I get hurt <laughs> if I run yep. too many yep. miles. Um, but I race against athletes who run 80 miles a week all the time. Yep. And if I yep. sat there and compared my training to theirs, like I'd get to a starting line and just be like, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> or I yeah. can't do this. Totally. But yeah, the reality is like, you know, everyone's different. Everyone needs totally. different things. So I think that's really important to yeah. understand. Totally. You know, kind of on that, I do feel like, you know, you touched and I'm a nutritionist, so I like to always help people <laughs> in this area, you know, what would be some of those like piece, pieces of advice around like nutrition? Cause I do feel like, especially the more people I work with and the more people I hear, they're always comparing like, well, this runner eats this and this runner does that. Um, mm -hmm. and they're comparing themselves to other people, but obviously yeah. your nutrition is individualized, just like your training is what would be yeah. some like thoughts or wisdom there for people who are struggling with some stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. I mean, you know, you know what you need. Um, yeah. like the most important thing is to like fuel your body. Um, yeah. like your body's a temple. It's amazing that you're able to like yep. <laughs> do these, these really difficult physical feats and food is the thing that fuels yeah. that. Um, I've always been in the camp of like moderation is best. Yeah. There's some people who keep food journals and are like really meticulous about what they eat. And like, even on the professional level, like, yeah. there's several who do this and like, that's fine, but that's just not the way that I can yeah. function like that yep. would make me happy. Like I eat mango mochi every night yes. after dinner. Yes. Like, I don't want to give up the mango mochi and like, that's great. But I also make yep. sure I eat like lots of vegetables and protein yep. and like yep. greens and pasta and whatever, lots of yeah. other good stuff. Um, but yeah, I just think that everyone needs to find their own happy medium. Yeah. Um, and that looks different for every individual, but like most important thing you can do is, is fuel your body. And if you don't feel mm -hmm. it enough, then you're going to get hurt yep. and you're not going to be able to do this thing that you love. So yeah, that's something that yes. honestly, like I wish I knew years and years ago yep, because there right. was a time in which I did under fuel in college yep. and I yep. paid the price for it. Yep. So, um, I'm lucky that that didn't kind of cause longer term issues, but yeah. I think that 
it's, it's really tough when you're comparing, yeah. you're comparing what your body looks like to other people, yep. comparing what other people are eating. Um, social media certainly does not tell the whole story. So no, don't, yeah. Don't, uh, take that as gospel. Yes. Yeah. I always, I appreciate that. He's like, I eat my mochi every night. I love, there are so many athletes that eat ice cream or dessert yep. every single day and every single night. And it is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like reminding people that, you know, dessert is not the enemy. You are fine. No, um, it's certainly not. I feel like yeah. I, I would always rather have like, be able to eat what I want and feel happy about the choices yeah. I'm eating or I'm making than like be restrictive yep. and be unhappy. Yeah, um, totally. Like, you know, at the highest level in professional sports, like would I be able to get like that extra half a percent if I'd like stopped eating things that I liked? Probably not because yeah. I would be happy. Exactly. So it's not worth exactly. it. Exactly. hundred percent. In order to be a good athlete, you have to be a happy athlete. Yep. Um, so hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. I think we forget that part of like the mental side of it as well. And mm-hmm. they go hand in hand, man, hand yeah. in hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So that being said, last question is what I ask everyone because I love food and I love educating people around nutrition. What is your favorite food in general? And also like favorite post race food. Cause I feel like that can be different for a lot of people. I have a lot of different favorite foods, but that. the one that tops the list probably is, is good cheese. Yes. <laughs> of any kind. 100%. Um, it's my yes. favorite snack, honestly, after like oh, I go for yes. kind of an afternoon cross train or double or whatever, yes. like having cheese and crackers and fig yes. jam is, is my jam. Ooh, literally. I love that. Um, I, yeah, I love, I mean, I mentioned that a lot of my family is, is Swiss and lives in yeah. Switzerland, um, like cheese fondue. Yeah. So good. If I can get my hands on really good cheese fondue after race, that's what I have every time. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, yeah, but I don't know that I necessarily have like a post race like yeah. meal that I always have to have. Um, because I don't know the same, but I'd probably eat what I'm eating post race yeah. before yeah. my race too. It doesn't really totally. change too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. but you know, I love, I don't know. I love a good burger. love good pizza. Yeah. Pizza is really oh, yes. good. Um, and yeah probably a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> yes. Yes. hundred percent. I love that. That's awesome. Ah, uh, well, thank you so much for doing this today. Um, I just really appreciate it. And it's good to hear from you and hear a little bit more about your story. Um, yeah. but yeah, thanks again. And we will catch up soon. I hope <laughs> that sounds great. Thank you so much for having me on. This was oh, great. Of good course. To chat with you. Yeah. You too, Rebecca. Thanks a lot. today and listening to Fueled Thrive. I hope you had so much fun hearing more about Rebecca's story. Remember friends, it is not always an upwards climb. Sometimes there are ups and downs. Sometimes seasons are just hard. So I hope you found encouragement from Rebecca today as she continues to push through, even through the injuries and the sickness and remembering that this sport is fun and something worth fighting for. So if you have more questions or are interested in learning more, you can always tune in to fueltothrive.com and find out more about the podcast as well as all about who I have on the show. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next week. Bye.